broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Hey listeners, today on the show we have Brianna Allen, an automation engineer at Precision Cast Parts in Portland, Oregon. Welcome Brianna, thanks for joining us on Closing the Gap. Thanks for having me. Would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure, I'm um, from Michigan, right outside of Detroit. Went to school, went to community college, and I transferred to University of Michigan. I really wanted to do engineering there. They have like a top four mechanical engineering ranking at the time in the U.S., and I had a big thing on getting into there, and I went for one semester, couldn't get into your College of Engineering. They pretty much told me, like, you have to change your major or leave, so I left because I didn't want to, like, change my major outside of engineering, and I went to, like, their rival state school, Michigan State, (laughs) and there I was able to get into their school of engineering, but I ended up changing, like, my senior or junior year electrical just because um, I had done a couple automation internships and like saw the world progressing towards a more like digital kind of future so and it was a lot faster and cheaper for me to graduate with electrical so I went ahead and saved a couple thousand dollars there. Very cool. Um, So what exactly is electrical engineering? Sure. Electrical engineering probably, it's just the like study of, I guess, physics relating to electromagnetivity, so circuits and transmission lines, power, electricity, and things like that. Your general, like, what you think it is, is what it is, pretty much. Power, lighting, electricity, all that kind of stuff. What do you find interesting about electrical engineering? Like, why did you Um, choose that to to go with instead of mechanically I mean besides it being cheaper well to be honest it was definitely not my first choice I don't really like circuits at all actually but (laughs) I do like automation so throughout my internship I kind of realized like yeah everything you can be like mechanical and all this stuff but it always came down to like nothing would ever work unless you had an electrician or an electrical engineer to wire circuit, give it power and program it. So it's like you could have this physical structure, but for the most part, if you wanted anything to move, go or do whatever you wanted it to do, it needs some sort of power. And um, free automation is like, I think it's really cool because um, yeah, like I think just the less, more easier you can make life, (laughs) the better. Like the less we have to do manually, is just better for me so that's kind of where I found my like where I fit in the automation field and programming things like that so are some of the robots kind of they work on are they kind of like those like um it's like the automated arms like that are packing packages like in warehouses is that like the same kind of thing that's exactly what they are so and then it's just industrial robots and every company like a lot of manufacturing companies use them from cars to airplanes which is the field i work in so like you said something like packaging picking and placing 
Um, pretty much any company, if you go into any company, they will probably all have a different use for their robots. Very cool. Could you explain like how you work through a project as an electrical engineer? Uh, like, okay. yeah, like you get an assignment and then determining like what you need to do and then like exactly how to do it, like the steps you would take. Okay. Um, so I would say uh, my job in particular, the projects that I do have a heavy background in programming, which I never expected coming out of school. When I was in school, I used to hate programming and I used to hate those classes and I used to struggle my way through them. And like, it would take hours. I remember this one class, we had like weekly assignments and some some of those, these are homework assignments, by the way. And some of them would take like a total of 13 hours combined just to like, just to get it working. And it was kind of one of those pass or fail, like it either works or it doesn't. And that was your grade. So um, now I see myself in the industry where I'm doing a lot of programming for robots. And my kind of projects are mostly like failure recovery. So when something's not working, uh, going in, modifying the program to get it working. And there's a lot of different things that could be the reason why something's not working. And as the electrical engineer, I would go in and assess the situation, try to get as much background information on what happened when failure occurred if I wasn't there and I, if I didn't see it. Um, and from there, kind of like narrow down where do you want to focus. And then you also, something very important as electrical engineers, you have to think, uh, outside of electrical engineering, you have to think, is this a problem I can solve as an electrical engineer or is it a problem that is requires another type of specialty like a mechanic, full engineer, or maintenance, or is it a physical thing? And a lot of the times it is, that they'll send the electrical en engineer in there because they're like, oh, it's an electronic and it's not working, can you fix it? But sometimes it's just the physical environment that it's in, something is physically wrong, like a uh, from the wire pull to a, a shaded lighting that's obstructing some type of view to get the program working. Um, and uh, if it is an electrical issue, like circuitry or something like that, then we can fix it. And if not, then you just call on, delegate the issue to another person. And then some of the other projects are sort of like uh kind of electric system, maybe like a lighting safety notification type of system or a monitoring system or some even like data sometimes, like data organization, which isn't like a physical or tangible thing. So it, it definitely varies. I love, it's a lot of versatility, I think. For sure. Yeah, it sounds like, like it's not only like a technical job, but also kind of creative, like you have to be able to kind of think outside the box to kind of get that's from like point A to, yeah, that's awesome. Um, had, I had no idea that people just would work like really on automation robots and like, as like a whole thing that's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been finding more, the more and more I do this, like the less I, I realize that, uh, that I actually know anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happens to all of us. So, could you like maybe kind of go through like a day in the life? Like if someone was going to be an, an automation engineer, like what could they expect like a normal day to look like? And like, what are kind of like the responsibilities that they would be given as someone in this position? The day in the life, I would say your, your overall summary of what your day today is, 
the overall goal is to, like I said before, make, like simplify life. Simplify life, eliminate problems, or simplify the problem. Sometimes you always can't get rid of a problem, but you can simplify it or you can change the way it's done to make it less of a burden for whoever's doing it. So that's like the end goal, and that can happen in so many different ways. So I think it depends on the stage of your your company's level of automation. So like I've worked in facilities where they are heavily automated. A lot of the automated machinery is already in is in production and it's maintenance more so. Like I mentioned before, you're doing a lot of failure recovery. So when something breaks is when you need to go. And then there's also, and sometimes processes are early on in their stage. They're newly automated. So they're experiencing failures every single day, multiple times a day. Or maybe they just experience failures once a month. And then you have the other side of places that are not really automated at all in developing those automated systems, which kind of brings you back to simplifying life or solving or lessening the burden of an existing problem. So that is a lot harder, I think, because you kind of have to create a new process and get it working to create an entirely new process to essentially like uh, replace the work or figure out how can we do this in another way, a new way. Sweet. Could you talk about maybe some of the skills that or traits that you possess that make you successful at this job? Or like, and like maybe some things that if someone's like looking into becoming an automation engineer or electrical engineer, some traits that they can work on developing to help them also be successful? Sure. Uh, technical wise, definitely good to have a, any sort of programming background. I think uh, that's pretty necessary. Any sort of uh, tinkering that you can do at home, in school, in a club, in a competition that's like actually electric based, like maybe like you have a lamp, disassemble the lamp, figure, look at all the parts that are involved in the lamp, and then like put it back together, I don't know, or a toy car, just like something, anything like that. Schooling, I mean, I feel like do the schooling definitely uh, most places though even without like practical experience you will be able to get trained on site of wherever you're at I think that was like a big concern for me and most college students they're thinking when they get their new job they don't have enough technical background even though like you know they've done all the schooling but your employment will definitely train you to the level you need to be at there they wouldn't just let you kind of flop in that area and then another important thing to have as an engineer is good communication skills I think it's something that is very very underdeveloped in the general STEM kind of industry and field people are introverted and uh, don't like to work collaboratively working collaboratively is essential and necessary and it's, it's, it's really mandatory. So like work on peer communication skills, work on being 
able to ask questions and work with other people and collaborate with other people because no jobs ever, it's never a one man or woman show. It's always going to be a team effort, no matter what, like, it's a, it's a company, not, they didn't just hire you alone and tell you to keep the company going. Like you have to work with people. And that's one of engineers, I think biggest like areas for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Like getting all those, uh, um, group projects in, in high school is like super important then, you know, like everyone's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to do this, but you know, it's, it's good at learning how to, how to talk to people and yeah, talk technically to people. So how did you kind of like develop a desire to pursue a career in engineering? Did you have a lot of like engineering or STEM classes in your like K through 12 schooling or was it something that like, you know, grew off of a hobby or how did it come about? I had a a really big fascination with like outer space and NASA and I always thought like rockets and NASA were cool. So I used to just think like, oh, I want to work for NASA. I want to work for one of those, like I want to work for NASA. And I remember in elementary school, middle school, I Googled like, what do you have to do to work at NASA? And it just was like, you have to be an engineer (laughs) to work there. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. But um, I also, I think everyone knows like, what category they kind of fall into whether it's like you're this creative person who's like into art and fashion and writing and like literature or you're the math person who likes math and science or you have the problem solver you're like an empathetic caring person who always wants to help and be a nurse and be a animal veteran so, I mean veteran something like that is a veteran or veterinarian <laughs> veterinarian <laughs> something like that I feel like kids know like you can always be like you know what do you like? Do you like to be with people all the time, helping people? Do you like to be artsy and creative? Are you more of like a bookworm? And I just really fell into the like more analytical. I was that kind of person as a kid. <laughs> kind of not that exciting, but I did always like math and science. So the route kind of just went from there and I got input from like mentors, teachers, and I was very like heavily active in a lot of science and engineering clubs growing up which I really encouraged by the way like students experience comes in so many forms when you have a resume and people are like I don't have any internships it's not always about internships like there's competitions there's clubs every school has a club but even if your school doesn't have a club you can create a club um, try to get there's orgs out there that will like fund new clubs or schools that will fund new clubs and just get involved with like your school while you can I think if, if you're able to doing something like a club or a competition yeah I think that's a great suggestion what kind of uh clubs did you get into like did you have any like cool like robotics yeah. automation clubs I did so in like middle school I was in like the science club we used to do competitions and it was like a national competition I remember um I forget the org but it was national competition we were like top 10 or something but we did not win and then high school I was in um a lot of uh we had a science slash engineering club college is where I really got active college I was in um, engineering club I mean I went to community college I was in the engineering club there I was the vice president the president there and we did a lot of competitions 
um, in college, like college competitions, and then we did national competitions, National Science Foundation, host a lot of um, national competitions with cash prizes, and I remember placing top 10 for one of those. Um, I also went to Michigan State University, and there was a part of couple engineering clubs there. Um, people have heard of Formula SAE. That's a really big one. I was a part of that one for just a, a semester, I believe. But that's the race car um, building club that's like national. And it's like a lot of colleges across the nation have Formula SAE. And it's a huge national competition with a huge cash prize. There's so many things out there. Um, and then, like, commitment-wise, I think people usually don't want to join clubs because of commitment. But a, a club is literally voluntary. So, like, you can show up when you want, you know. You can show up. I mean, some clubs are asking for, like, you know, we want weekly commitment or something like that. But just do what you can. Like, if you can show up weekly, daily, if you want to be the president, if you want to be the pop-in person, be the pop-in person. Like, it's fine. Just get in there. Because a lot of the times you'll find something you'll want to come and be active the club for yeah totally i mean as an introverted person myself sometimes i have a hard time like going and like to clubs yeah. or places where i don't know people super well but then like you get right. there and you're like wow that's actually a lot cooler like more fun than i thought it would be yeah and people um you find like-minded people if you think like why is the reason you want to join that club it is already something in common you have with the other person at the club so, yeah yeah and it's that. great to like like work on projects together to get to know people as introverts and you don't have to like you know think of a conversation out of thin air it's uh you know like, right. yeah and then a lot of the time those professors really want to like help you as a student the professors or the people running the club really supportive and you can find like mentorships or that and things like that get exposed to other clubs other competitions so awesome so could you talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments along your schooling and career path that you're most proud of so far? Yeah, being completely transparent, I was definitely the C's get degrees engineer. Um, I don't have uh, engineers in my family. I don't have siblings in engineering. I really went into that kind of solo from that perspective and it was very hard for me it, it, I didn't just get it like you know people a lot of times um go into classes and people are like oh I can't do it I can't be an engineer because I don't like math I can't do science but like I if I just was like I can't do it like I couldn't do it I needed help and I had to go get that help I had to go after class and get tutoring and go to my professor and get extra help and stay after hours and get help like it was not something that came naturally to me mm -hmm. and uh, I, I had to study a lot and get a lot of help from people that, that would help me so I would say my biggest accomplishment is like I did I was that person that was between a 2 and a 3.0 especially as my like senior years came about like when things started getting a lot harder and I remember, you know, it's always intimidating to go to career fair and like there's other engineer students who have 4.0s, who have very high GPAs. Some people have their dad's an engineer, their this person's an engineer, and they they have they get it a lot easier. They're acing all their exams, but um, that's where I found my passion and 
as clubs and competitions, I used to be really active in that. So I, from those experiences, I gained a lot of practical experience to put on my resume. Like my resume was packed with this club, that club, these projects, these competitions, placing top 10 in competitions, national competitions, getting sponsorship funding and all those kind of things. But I, at the end of the day, I still was that these get degrees person. Uh, I still had a, a moderate GPA, wasn't a 4.0 student. So I always think that's like really impressive. I'm proud of myself for that because I would apply to, to, and then every year you look at it and you go to your next class and it's the same people. It's the same person that got a 4.0 last semester and last year and you're in the same class with them. So it's like, you look at it like down on yourself, like, oh, I'm so behind. They're so much smarter than me. But every year we have the same class. Have you have your next class with them? You're you're leveling up at the same pace and speed as them. So it's like don't beat yourself up over it if you need extra help, and um, just go get help. And it's it's okay to be the person that needs help. So I'm just proud of myself for for overcoming that I guess internal battle of having lower grades, but still graduating, securing the job getting top 10 in the competitions that are nationally uh, judged. So I think it's something to be proud of. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely something to be proud of. I also think Thanks. that you, <laughs> I also think that you had touched on something else um, in your answer to that, that I thought was important to highlight being all the extra like hands-on experience you got, because I think, that, mm-hmm. you know, and then being able to put that on your resume because then employers can see like, uh, you not only did you like commit to getting this degree and this education, but like you also committed to doing all of this like hands-on learning and like actually getting like real world experience and like, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely very beneficial. Totally. Um, would you say maybe that like your biggest accomplishment was maybe one of your biggest challenges too, like being able to like right. keep your spirits <laughs> lifted and like keep going? That's definitely what it is. It's all about like uh, just like believing in yourself because like you're gonna do a lot better when you believe that you can do it. Or if you feel like, oh, I can't do it. I mean, that's so cliche, but like if you're literally like, oh, there's so much better than me. There's so much smarter than me. Like I could never like have the same job as them. Like you could. Like it might not be as easy now, but it might be easier later. You never know. So and. Um, that's that's definitely the I think and that also comes with like support I I think I got a lot of support I did have like my parents were very supportive um I had mentors professors that turned into mentors um clubs uh clubs like the professor that would oversee the club would become my mentor and like really support me they would be like, yeah, you can do it. A lot of people would see potential in you and see the work you're putting in um, and support you. I think that helps. So like if you can find a support group mm-hmm. or person or people, it, it's helpful on your journey of, you know, having yourself down and getting over it. 
And maybe you have external doubt. I remember people used to tell me I couldn't do it. <laughs> they would be like, you have a C. Like, why are you here? Like, it's like you're failing the exam. You didn't do this. You know, your GPA is low. People would tell you that. And they would say, why are you doing that? You're a girl. They did do that. Uh, so it comes from inside and outside sometimes. But you do have to just, you know, shake it off and find that support group and not listen to the naysayers and just do what you think you can do and try your best. That's really it. Try your best. <laughs> I would never get upset with a bad score because I knew I tried my best. I'd be like, I tried my best. Like, I went to, I studied, I went to the office hours, I got the tutoring, I tried my best. So I cannot be ashamed of if you're putting in all you got, you know? You just got to try again next time. That's it. Yeah, totally. And at the end of the day, you got you got the degree, you got the job. So I mean, right? You know, you did your best, and it really paid off. It seems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. It definitely paid off for me. I'm very glad I stuck through. For sure. I mean, I feel like you just gave a lot of good words of advice for like young people that want to do some engineering. Get involved with a club, a teacher, after hours, a competition, something that will, that also will boost your confidence, you know, if you're not, like, getting it so naturally, um, and it's a little bit harder for you, and you're placing, like, top 10 in national engineering and science competitions, you're like, yeah, I can do this exam, I can do this math exam, (laughs) or this science exam, whatever, getting active, participating in school or any way you can um number two getting support finding a support system whether it's your family a friend a classmate a professor anyone really um that helps like you know when you're feeling down about whatever just having a support system because there's definitely going to be people that are going to tell you you can't do it. People are ruthless. <laughs> They're going to tell you you can't do it, but you just have to not listen. It's definitely tough and it's something you're going to have to overcome and it comes with experience, comes with like learning and participating and stuff and, you know, building up your confidence and don't be afraid to ask for help. I know um don't get it you gotta find help like you can't just not get it and continue to not get it nothing will change you have to ask for help and a lot of there's so many people that are going to be willing to help you uh classmates professors online tutors in-person tutors anyone ask for help don't be afraid to ask for help and that's where like those communication skills can come in work on those communications skills. <laughs> uh, don't be the solo dolo kind of person, you know, be collaborative. Sure. Yeah, those are probably my three things of advice for young engineers or young people wanting to go into engineering. And thank you for coming on the show again. I really appreciate your time. And Thank you for having me. I'm very passionate about inspiring youth, minorities, anybody who wants to do STEM. Uh, I think it's an amazing field. It's totally under understaffed. We're in a STEM deficit across the world. Um, we need more useful, bright-minded people in this industry. And um, I just remember going through school and watching people drop off for 
drop drop out for whatever reason because they felt like they couldn't do it. They thought it was too hard. Somebody told them they couldn't do it. And I would just see people drop off, drop off. And then when you get to the end, uh, I went to a school of 50,000 people and graduated with less than 40 electrical engineers in my graduating class. That is insane. Not all 50,000 yeah. were doing engineering, but I mean, 50K to 40, less than 40 for electrical engineering. And then among that, how many of them were women? How many of them were minorities? Yeah, it gets the numbers get lower and lower and lower and lower. So, um, this, yeah, like I said, very near and dear to my heart. And I just hope more people find the confidence and, you know, to, to, to do that if they choose to. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing. Keep progressing.